God is good. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. Um, like Pastor Abdi said, uh, we've known each other for a couple years, and uh, I'm very happy uh, to know uh, Pastor Abdi. He's, he's been a blessing to me, and we've had a few conversations, and uh, he's just blessed me with, uh, with, his, with his personality, the way that he is. He's, he's, uh, he's a blessing. Amen? Yeah? Any, anybody, anybody say amen to that? <laughs> yeah, you have to. You have to. You have to say amen to your pastor being a blessing. If you're here, it's because he's blessed you in some way. He's, he's given you a word. He's here. Uh, many times, as men of God, we are not in a place because we want to be in that place. Okay? We, we can tell you, oh, we love it. We enjoy it. We're here. But many times, it's pure obedience. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Many times it's pure obedience, and, and we're going to touch on that a little bit this morning. I, I'm very excited. Um, uh, this morning, we're connecting right on, on Facebook uh, in a few minutes. Um, we have a few friends that are connecting. We have people uh, in different countries. We have people here locally in Miami that are going to connect, and, and, we, and we wrote to them. We told them, hey, wake up semi-early because you guys have it good. It's an 11 a.m service. You guys have it good. I mean, we've been to churches where we have to be there at 8.30. We have to be there at 9. But you have 11. 11. Wow, that's a blessing. You should be here every Sunday. Can someone say amen to that? 11 a.m. That, that's a blessing. I don't know, Pastor Abdi. I might have to join the church just for the time. I, 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 like, I like the time. Uh, and uh, this morning, uh, the two most wonderful women in my life are here. My mom is here. Please stand up. Uh, Paulina. Guys, you might know this already, but without her, there is no me. That, that's, ju that's just the way it is. And uh, my beautiful wife, please stand, Diana. <laughs> and yes, you guessed it. He looks nothing like me, but he's my son. <laughs> His name is Samuel. He's uh, nine months. He just turned nine months. Um, and I got to tell you something that just happened not even five minutes ago. So I'm sitting there with my other son. His name is Abraham. He's nine years old. And we're sitting there. I don't know if you saw him walk in. And, uh, we're sitting there, and, and he told me today, Bobby, I want to hear you preach because he, he hears me more in Spanish. I, I, I speak in, uh, in Spanish in more engagements. And he told me this morning, he goes, Papi, I want to hear you preach today. And that, you know, it touched my heart. It's like, all right, good. He wants to hear me preach. Um, but someone came to him just a couple minutes ago and said, we have kids' church. And then I told him, Papi, do you want to go to kids' church? And he stood firm in his decision. He said, no, I don't want to go to kids' church. But then he thought about it, and he asked the, the lovely young lady that was offering kids' church, he asked her a very important question. Pay attention to this, okay? Abraham told, asked her, is there food? <laughs> and without even looking at me, he left <laughs> because the answer was yes. So later on, you will see who was the, uh, the, the one who betrayed me for food. <laughs> he's, he's awesome. Abraham has an awesome heart. We love him. Um, it's just, it, we, we have a beautiful family today, um, and, and I want to touch a little bit on that as well this morning. I, I ask you to allow me to be myself. Is that okay? Um, I, I like to be myself. I like to 
to be who I am. I, I was brought up in a way where God taught me that we are all unique. We are all different. Because how boring would it be if we were all the same? How boring would it be if we all thought the same way, if we all spoke the same way, if we all cooked the same way? You'll find out later today. Remember, today is biblical. The Bible says follow the star. Remember how God, the angels told us, we're going to follow that star over there to my right because uh, there's a blessing over there. But it's, it's very important, and God taught me and has been teaching me in the last few weeks the importance of being yourself, the importance of how I made you. You're unique. You're not like other people. You're not like your neighbors. You're not. We're all different, and we're all different because God made us different. Can anyone say amen to that? God made us. He created us differently. How boring would it be if we were all the same, if we all thought the same, if we all spoke the same, if we all dressed the same? How boring? There would be nothing to talk about. There would be no one to talk about. There would be absolutely nothing to do. Oh, you don't talk about anyone. Okay, you're looking at me strange. <laughs> but this morning, um, I want you to stay there, right? And we're going to go to the Bible. I want you to open. Um, I believe uh, Pastor Abdi told me I only have a few minutes. Luckily, I never listen to pastors. So First Samuel <laughs> chapter 17. I want you to read with me, and I believe they're going to put the text up here. I, I'm, I'm reading out of a version that I really, really like. First uh, Samuel 17. It's a story that, that we all know very well. God is good, amen? Oh, oh I, I, I need some interaction this morning. God is good, amen? Yes, yes, I need some interaction because that lets me know you're awake. That lets me know that you had some coffee. That lets me know that you're here. You're probably not paying attention, but you're here, okay? So can anyone say amen this morning? Let's try that again. God is good. Anyone say amen to that? Okay, good, 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 good. First Samuel chapter 17, and we're going to read the word. We have, we have the, the translating devices. Is it, is it good? Um, anyone needs a translating device? You don't want to miss this message. I preach really, really good. You don't, you don't, you don't want to miss it. So uh, my uncle, if my uncle could have one here uh, next to my mom, that would be great. Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't, you don't want to miss it. If you're selling CDs, I'll buy my CD. I, I love the way I preach. Yes. You, 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 I mean, I have to say it to myself. <laughs> I don't hear it from, from much from people. So First Samuel chapter 17, and we're going to, Start the word. We're going to read the first few verses, and, and I ask you to, to please pay attention to what God has for you and for me this morning. First Samuel chapter 17 says, Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Soko in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes Demim between Soko and Azekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. It says, verse 3, the Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley. Everyone say the valley. Come on, a little louder. Say the valley. Said that the valley was in between them. Verse 4. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. And the next few verses go a little bit more in detail of how big he was. 
how powerful he was. And, and I like this word because it tells us that he was a champion. Everyone say champion. Come on, say it a little louder with me. Say champion. The Bible says that Goliath was not an ordinary man. He was bigger than most. He was stronger than most. He had a history of being a champion. He had a reputation of devouring, of just conquering, of just victory after victory. Goliath was no ordinary man. He was a champion. Can you say that with me again? Say champion. The Bible goes in detail and talks about his power, his strength, his length, his armor, the, the things he had and used for victories, for, for killing. And, and, and you read a little bit about how big Goliath was. And this version, I like it because it just simplifies it and says that Goliath was about nine feet tall. That, that's pretty big. That, that, that's big. That's tall. That's intimidating. Sometimes we're watching movies and my, my son, Abraham, he's, he sees a monster come out of the movie or, or a villain comes out of the movie. And my son always asks me, Papi, can you beat that guy? And, and of course, you know, as Christians, we have to answer correctly. I said, of course I can beat that guy. <laughs> he ha he's no match for me. And the Bible talks about Goliath as being a champion. That, that's very important this morning. But this morning in verse 3, we read that there was a valley between both armies. And I want to begin this morning because Pastor Abdi said I only had two hours. I have to hurry. I, the Bible says that there was a valley, and I want to tell you this morning that there will always be a valley. Everybody say a valley. There will always be a valley in our lives. In your life, it might look like something completely different to my life. In your family, in your finances, in your ministry, in your emotions, in your heart, in your relationships, it might look different than to me, but there will always be valleys. There's always valleys. That's why the Bible says in Psalms 23, 4, even though I walk through the valley, everybody shout valley. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, in other words, even though I go through the worst, even though there's pain, even though there's betrayal, even though there's death, even though there's sickness, even though I go through any type of valley, I will fear nothing. Can anyone say amen to that? Come on, give God a hand tonight, today. Give God a hand today. I will fear nothing. You see, God wouldn't have put that in the Bible if we wouldn't have had to go through some valleys. God, God wouldn't have, have given us this psalm if there weren't going to be some hardships, some, some heartbreaks, some, some difficult times that you and I have to go through. They might look different, but we all have to face a valley. Everybody shout valley. And I challenge you this morning as we approach 2019, I challenge you to go into a new year where you're fearless. Why? Because God says that we are more than conquerors. God says that even though we go through those valleys, even though we go through the suffering, even though we cry at night, even though when no one knows what we're going through, we're going through it hard. It's 
difficult. It, it's, it, it just breaks sometimes, even though the Bible says, even though I go, why do you think the psalmist talks about the valley of shadow? There is nothing worse than death, if you think about it. I mean, that's as bad as it gets. That's why God wants to tell you through this word, even though you go through the worst, you have to be fearless. Can anybody say amen? And I want to challenge you in 2019, you have to go in it fearless. You have to go in it. No, I have to grab on to this word. I will walk and I will be fearless. He might be bigger than me. The valley, I might get lost in the valley because I'm just a little speck, but I will be fearless. I mean, there are going to be moments where I feel alone. I feel abandoned. I feel pain. I feel like crying. I feel depressed, but I have to remain fearless. Everybody shout fearless. 2019, you have to be fearless. You, you have to. You're going to be in the valley. What happens to you happens pretty much to all of us. There's people that go into debt, but there's people that come out of debt. But there's people that drown. They drown in, in, in the mindset. And I'm going to touch a little bit about God. Abdi, I'm so happy you gave me two hours this morning. This is going to be so, so extensive. Listen, there's so... There's a mentality that, that we have to have, and, and, and I'm kind of skipping over, but I, but I want to go in the order because God gave me this message for you today, and, and I want to go in order. I don't want to skip anything. The Bible says this morning, if you, if you read here in verse 12, maintain your, your Bible open. Be, before there, before, before that, before that, because I got to keep my word. I can't skip. You have pictures of, of my family here? I, I know you've seen most of them. There's one that's probably eating in the back right now. But, but th this, is, this is my beautiful family. Everybody say, aww. You guys, you guys missed it. When it goes up, you have to go, aww. Now it's not believable. It's my beautiful family. Right? Guys, it's not, it's not coming from here. <laughs> guys, and, and what I want to tell you about a valley, we all go through valleys. The pictures are nice. Instagram is nice. Facebook is nice. Some of you are looking at me like you don't know what it is. You're the ones that spend most time in it if you pretend like you don't know what it is. But it's nice on screen, right? It, it's nice. But let me, let me tell you really quickly about, about a valley that Diana and I have been through. When Diana and I met few years back, we were broken. We had given up on love. My wife is here today, and, and she can sing her heart out. She can play the piano. She's touched lives. She's, she's an awesome woman. I'm not just saying that, you know, because she's here. I mean, it's true. She's an amazing woman. But when I met her, I sat down with her for the first time on a date because I, 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 I approached her and I asked her out, and she wasn't going to say no. I mean, I, I mean, let's be honest. We're talking about faith here. I, I went up with faith. And, and she told me a little bit of her story the first time she met, we met. And my wife, she's a widow. She got married young, out of high school, and not even two years into the marriage. I mean, you remember those years? Remember? Those are the beautiful years. Those are the awesome years. What do you say, Marvin, after two years? Eh, it changes a bit. But the first two years are 
beautiful. They're honeymoon. It's, it's lovely. You don't care if you have to share a box of juice. You're like, hey, you want a sip? I get a sip. Come on. This, now it's a problem. But it's beautiful. And not even two years into the marriage, almost two years into the marriage, her husband has a heart issue and, pa- and dies, passes away. He's in heaven today. I'll have the honor of meeting him one day. But that's hard. It's tough. After that relationship, she went through another relationship, and it was terrible. It was bad. We had both given up on love. My older son, Abraham, we are, um, have a beautiful relationship. I, I have him when he's on spring break. I have him every weekend. I, but he's from a previous marriage, a previous marriage where there was betrayal. There was pain. It was hard. It was tough. I fell in depression. I heard voices in my head that told me, kill yourself. But the pictures are nice, right? They're nice. The love story is nice. The moment that God intervened and and just had her for me and had me for her, that's beautiful. But everybody faces a valley. The, the issue is the mentality of people. The, the oh my God, I'm going to crawl up and, and just ball up here in a corner and die here because nobody likes me, because nobody calls me, because I don't get enough likes on Facebook, because nobody thinks of me, because they didn't consider me, because they didn't invite me. Whatever the case is, in the family and the finances, that's why I tell you there's people that go through what you've been through and more, but they still make it out. You know the president of this country? Oh, billions of dollars in debt, but he's the president of this country. And, and I'm, not, I'm not being political. You might like him. You might not. You might like his skin color. You might not. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, as an example, there's people that can ball up in a corner and say, nobody likes me. Do you read what they write about our president? Do you see the videos and the bullying and everything at that level? You, you might have your take on it, but, but you know what? I admire one thing of our president. He, it seems like he doesn't care. It, it just, and, and, and my point to you today is you cannot just ball up in a corner because nobody likes you, because they don't consider you, because they don't see you, because they don't. You cannot. You have to say you have to know who you are. You have to know who God called you to be. You have to know your place. You have to know your position. Is there anybody here can say amen to that? You have to know your position. And and let's be clear, I'm not being political. I'm just admiring a trait in a man. You can't, you can't, oh my, I'm skipping, I'm skipping. Abdi, thank you. I need 45 more minutes, please. So it's two hours and 45. That's what I mean. And everybody has a valley. And look, 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 jump to verse 12. 1 Samuel 17, 12. Look what the Bible says. Very important. Now, David was the son of an Ephrathite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time, he was old and well advanced in years. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul. In other words, they were with the king. They were with the president. They had followed the president to the war. Are you with me? says, the firstborn was Eliab, the second, Abinadab, and the third, Sama. Verse 14, David was the youngest. Everybody say youngest. 
I like this. I, I like David. I like this story. I'm the youngest of four, by the way. He says that David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul. They were with the king. They were with the president. But David went back and forth. Look, David was busy. If there's something that you and I have to learn about David is you need to be busy. We need to be occupied. You can't just sit around. You'll rot. As a Christian, you'll rot. As a human being, you'll rot. You can't just sit back and just look everywhere and point at everything and talk about everything. No, you can't do that. David, he wasn't part of the war, but the Bible says he was going back and forth. He, he, was, he was moving. If you study David's life, you see that he was a shepherd's boy, and, and, and he was always, he, he was a shepherd, and, and he was always taking care of the sheep, and he was always taking care of his dad, and he was always, do, he was always in movement. Everybody say movement. And the Bible says here, where am I, where am I? <laughs> and says that he was going back and forth. Verse 15. But David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Listen to verse 16. It says, for 40 days the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Every morning and every evening, Goliath would come, taunt, laugh, mock the children of Israel. Every morning, every evening, for 40 days. For 40 days. You know what that shows me about Goliath? Consistency. Say that with me. Say consistency. I want you to learn something from Goliath. I don't know if I'm the first preacher to say that, but I want you to learn something from Goliath. You must be consistent. As a Christian, be consistent. As a husband, as a man of God, as a woman of God, as people in a church, you must be consistent. Goliath was consistent. Have you noticed that the enemy is consistent? The enemy is consistent. The temptation is consistent. The mind game that he plays with us is consistent. Everything about the enemy, everything about Goliath shouts out consistency. You and I we need to take a stand as well. The Bible says that for 40 days, he took his stand. Where are you standing in 2018? How was your consistency in 2018? How was your attitude, your attendance, your tithing? Oh, my goodness, I just lost a few of you. How was it? How was you inviting people to the church? How was your consistency in 2018? Let me tell you something. I walk in this building, and I see the beautiful decorations, and I see everything that you guys are doing, and, and, the, and the food, and the parking lot, and the sign outside. I'm very observant. I look at all that, and I know that all of that is time. All of that is work. Things just don't fall from the sky. No, you have to call the printing shop. You have to go pick it up. You have to receive the delivery. You have to open these doors. I came the other day for a meeting, and there was somebody here talking about painting this and painting that. I mean, there has to be movement. And what I'm saying to you is, if I were part of this church, I would invite people because, I mean, I see movement, I see decoration, I see music, I see a beautiful atmosphere, I see this word today. Think about if you were to invite one person that needed to hear this word today. Think about people in your life, in your family, neighbors, people at your job, people that would have been blessed by this word today. Think about it. But you know what? We're selfish many times. We're not consistent. 
We're, we're not discipling and inviting people to our churches and having God speak to them and having God lift them up and having God restore families and having God. Who knows what happens in people's lives after you've invited them and they walk into this place. It's not up to you. It's not up to me. But once we invite, once we do the job, once we do the work, once we bring the families in here, who knows what God is going to do? The miracle, the breakthroughs, the uplifting, the, the depression leaves, the sadness leaves. Who knows? It's not up to you or me. But what it is up to us is to invite people to the church. Can anybody say amen? And how was your consistency in 2018? Oh, oh we, 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 don't, we don't like where you're going, Marvin. Can we go back to, to the valley? You, you were talking about the valley. Yeah, yeah, because we're too comfortable. And how easy is it today? Do you know that many of the letters that Apostle Paul wrote to us that bless our lives today, that show us and teach us today, you know that they were written in jail cells after being beaten. He was bleeding. He was in pain. He was bruised. But he found a way to write to people. Today, you don't want to use WhatsApp to write to people about your church, about the address, about the time. It's 11 a.m., only that is enough. I want to come to this church. How was your consistency? You don't want to use your WhatsApp? You don't want to use your messenger? You keep looking at me like you folk don't know what I'm talking about, but I'll show you. I'll have a class afterwards in the parking lot of what social media is for you that seem not to have it. But you don't want to send a text to invite to church? Oh, but I invited them already, Marvin. That's why I'm talking about consistency. Consistency. We talk about the movies we like. We talk about the restaurants we like. We talk about the people we don't like. You, oh, you don't do that. Praise the Lord, Abdi. Have a beautiful church. But consistency, how was your consistency in 2018? I have to hurry. I have to hurry. That Pastor Abdi is looking at me serious. The Bible says... That Goliath, for 40 days, he came in the morning, he came in the evening. Listen, I, I want to tell you, I want to tell you that Goliath means to uncover. It means to reveal. There was a purpose for Goliath. It's funny that Goliath and David meet in the valley because there's things that you're going to find out in the valley. <laughs> there's things that are going to. They're just going to mold you, but it has to be in the valley. There's things that are going to happen in the pain, in the suffering. There's things that are going to happen in the valley. It's funny that David and Goliath meet in the valley because Goliath's purpose was to reveal who David was in Israel. <laughs> oh, oh this, is, this is, I'm preaching better than you're reacting right now. Goliath's purpose was to uncover who David was for the nation of Israel. And they meet in the valley so that Goliath's purpose and David's purpose collide in a place where nobody wanted to fight the giant. Listen, let me tell you something. And, and, and here I'm going to start skimming through it because I, I, I've already spoken too much. I, I, I want to tell you this this morning. When David shows up, he wasn't supposed to be there. He wasn't supposed to be there. But his father said, I need you to take this bread, and I need you to take these cheeses. You guys think Uber Eats is new. David was the first Uber Eats guy. 
I need you to take this food over to the valley. I need you to take, because your brothers are over there, and I need you to take this to the chief. I need you to take this to the captain. I need you to take this to the army. And there David went in obedience. He probably didn't want to do it, but it was obedience. And David shows up because Goliath, which means to reveal, it means to uncover. He needed to meet. I suggest to you this morning that you're going to meet something in the valley that's going to reveal what God is going to do in your life. It's going to uncover the miracles, the breakthrough, the power, the glory. Something is going to happen in the valley. Can anyone say amen? So when you're in the valley, let me tell you, it's tough. It's hard. It's hard. But you're going to meet your Goliath. And, and, and David's brother said, what are you doing here? David's brother, I know you. You're full of pride. That's, that's what Eliab told David. Anybody have brothers and sisters here? Yeah? Anybody said anything mean to your brothers or sisters or received anything mean to your brothers or sisters? Let's be honest. Okay, less hands, less honesty, no, no, no words. Eliab said, what are you doing here? And he, and he made fun of him. He mocked him. He said, where did you leave those few sheep? You're only good for taking care of sheep. That's what he was saying. That's all you're good for. You're a good for nothing. Where did you leave those sheep? Where are the sheep? Go back. You smell like sheep. You belong in the fields. What are you doing here? And Eliab, you can read the story later, tells him, I know that you came to see the fight. You came to see the battle. I'm going to go back to that. But what, what, I'm, te what I'm telling you is today, and, and I want to challenge you for 2019, what people think of you doesn't matter. What people say of you doesn't matter. It does not matter. Let me tell you. Eliab was 100% wrong. Eliab was telling his brother David, your heart is full of pride and you have a wicked heart. And the Bible says that God says that David was a man after his own heart. Oh, my goodness. Are you recording this? I want to buy it from you, Abdi. This is good. This is good. Eliab was saying you're full of pride. You're wicked. You're no good. Go back to the sheep. That's all you're good for. But God had already said, oh, that, that, that one right there, he's, I like him. I love him. Oh, he's my man. He sings for me. He plays the harp for me. Where nobody sees him out in the field, he's worshiping. Where nobody sees him out in the field, he's singing to me. Where nobody sees him, he's playing for me. When nobody sees him, he's just with me. He has a relationship. He has a connection. Oh, that one Eliab that you say is full of pride and is wicked. No, 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 no. He's a man after my own heart. What people say about you doesn't matter. You know those people that never advance in life is because, oh my God, they don't like me. They criticize me. They are laughing at me. It doesn't matter. What people say doesn't matter. It's what God says about you. It's what God has determined about you. It's the calling that God has over your life. The valley doesn't determine who you are. The valley is just a process that you're going to go through. But it's there where you're going to be revealed. You're going to be uncovered. God is going to show everyone who you are. Those that like you. Those that don't like you. Those that talk about you. It doesn't 
matter because God has already said what he has said about you. You know, pastors have it hard. I'm going to go here. Pastors have it hard because we get criticized for everything. We know what it is to start a church. We know what it is to be pastors of a church. We know what it is to deal with people. We know. We know. Oh, pastor, I, I, I really don't agree with all these Christmas decorations. I mean, uh, there's those Christmas balls. The red ones are just demonic. And, 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 and then they, they start. We know what it is to deal with these blessings of the Lord. And there we go, right, trying to please everybody. Why, why am I going here? Because we care so much about what people think as people, as, 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 as just people persons we we care so much that we try to tend to your needs and we and we try to oh no I want this person to like me and I want that person to like me and you know what happens you go crazy you go crazy you go crazy because think about it as I've preached everywhere I've been to India I, I, I I've preached in a lot of places and if I focus on the reactions of people in the crowds I'll go crazy because there's one so if I focus on that I'm thinking oh man my my word is no good man and then I, I and then I, I I've literally I don't know why I'm thinking about this babe but I'm gonna say it I remember when I went to a church the, the chairs were really close and there was a lady literally snoring right in my face I mean that was my Eliab she was mocking me she was telling me I was no good how she was singing to me and literally, guys, I went up to her and I kept preaching and I kicked her. Don't worry. It was a holy kick. I was preaching. I, I don't know why I went there, but what I'm saying is you can't try to make everybody happy. You can't try to please everybody. You are not who people say you are. You are not who people say or think or write. You are not the gossip. You are not what you are not. You're not that. You are what God has established already that you are. You are not. It doesn't matter. Your boss, your kids, your family members, your mother-in-law. Oh, my goodness, the mother-in-laws. Can I, can I just vent a little bit? No, I won't go there. I won't go there. God bless all mother-in-laws. Amen? Oh, you guys better say amen. If not, there's some, there's some trouble later. But you are not what people say you are. You are exactly what God made you to be. Eliab was not for David being there. But it wasn't Eliab's. As a matter of fact, and I'm ending with this, I promise. When Eliab tells David, you came to see the battle. I know it. I'm sure that David, if he were anything like me, David were to tell Eliab, I am the battle. You came to see the fight. I know it. You're nosy like that. You like to go into people's Facebooks and just read the comments. I know what you're here for. You came to see the fight. David was probably thinking, what fight? I see an army over here shaking. 
I see an army over here that won't stand up against one nine-footer. I see an army over here crying and trembling. I see an army over here that doesn't have the guts to fight for God's nation. What fight? I am the fight. I am the battle. What champion? I am the champion. I'm sure that David, that was his attitude. Why? Because it all comes down to attitude. We all face valleys. We all face problems. We all face Goliaths. But what is your attitude? David had a champion's mentality. Come on, somebody say amen to that. David had a champion's mentality. I challenge you for 2019. Have a champion's mentality. It's not, oh, poor me. Why did this have to happen to me? Why this situation? What happens to you happens to just about anybody and everybody. Marvin, why is this happening to me? I, I listen to a philosopher that says, my best guess is that those type of things happen to people like you. That's, that's the best guess I have. But you can't, you can't just say, oh, no. Eliab doesn't believe in me. And then, and then it gets worse. The king says, you can't go fight this guy. You're just a little boy. It goes getting worse. The president of Israel, the king of Israel telling the little shepherd, I will not put Israel's fate in the hands of a shepherd, of a boy. You smell like the sheep. You smell like the field. I will not put Oh my, it gets worse. We read the story. We know what happened. But David, he was a champion within. He had a champion's mentality. Oh, I will not let my older brother define me. I will not let these people laughing at me define me. I will not let the president, I will not let the king define who I am. I am the champion. I am the winner. I will come out of this. I am more than a conqueror. God is with me. No one can against me. Is somebody listening to this word today? God is with me. I have a champion's mentality. Can somebody say amen? It doesn't matter what people say. You have to have a champion's mentality. And listen, if I don't close this, I'll keep going. Ha, let, me, let me tell you. Let me tell you. know, the only worry I have is that the food's getting cold. I mean, honestly, let's, let's be real. Let's be real. <laughs> Guys, let me, let me elaborate on David's champion mentality. You know what David showed up asking? Hey, guys, what's the reward for that person who kills this, this giant? That is a champion's mentality. He didn't think he could beat him. He knew he could beat him. Oh, my goodness. Hmm. You guys know I'm coming next Sunday? Did you tell him, Abdi? I, I, I'm coming. I'm, I, I went ahead. I have an announcement to make. I'm here next Sunday. <laughs> yes. Guys, he walked into the battlefield. It was a battlefield. There was no battle. There was no fight. David was the battle. David was the fight. David was the champion. And he said, I have one question. What is my reward after I beat this giant? What is my reward? I want you to walk into 2019 knowing that you're going to win in 2019. 
Knowing that you're going to slay all the giants in 2019. Knowing that your emotions are emotions of a champion. Your thoughts are thoughts of a champion. Your steps are steps of a champion. You need to walk into 2019 and say, what is my reward? I don't think I'm going to win. I already won. I don't think the way that other people think of me and say stuff about me and write things. No, where is my reward? The king is saying I can't. My brother is saying I can't. There's sheep laughing at me. What did he go do over there? Everybody's laughing at me. But I, well, I have one, one question. What is my reward? Because I'm about to win. I'm about to beat this guy. Israel will know who I am. Israel doesn't know yet that I already, I've already been anointed. You see, the thing is that it's not about where you are. It's about where you're going. At this point, David had already been anointed. You don't understand. You might be tending sheep right now, but the anointing in you is to slay the giants, is to kill the big guys, is to win the war. It's to win the battle. The anointing is already there. 